the date is February 5th, 2013. If you're at Free Mission for Real, Also on iTunes, my name is JP Nichols. Here with the latest edition of Be Nice to Impact or Not. A few days removed after a pretty eventful weekend for me between NXT and FIP. So I was not able to get Impact done directly after it happened, but I am here now after watching the show over the weekend here to summarize the show for you and give you all the news coming out of the world of Orlando, the biggest news being that they are no longer going to be in Orlando going forward. The big announcement on this show was that TNA is going to be taking their TV show, Impact Wrestling on the road. First stop being Chicago and the week after lockdown in the middle of March and the best move for them to make at this point. They've been making some very good business decisions as of late between uh, moving the pay-per-view business that they've been doing to having four monthly pay-per-views was a step in the right direction and this has been a move they've been needing to make for a long time. Obviously to my benefit it gives me it gave me some live wrestling to attend over the past few years but you know it's a move that is that is without a doubt held them back a bit from growing now, whether or not they actually manage to draw on the road is anyone's guess. Obviously, on these UK shows, they managed to do very, very well with uh, the atmosphere on this show being tremendous, honestly. Probably the best atmosphere they've had since uh, Slammiversary last year, I would say, which was in Arlington, Texas. And let's get right into the show with that. We had the show start off with Bad Influence coming out of the ring wearing kilts and dressed like a poor man's Mel Gibson from Braveheart. And they managed to get in some really good heat on England, bash the crowd quite a bit. Uh, Kazarian was saying that Daniels should have been world champion and he's the man who will be king. Uh, Daniels blamed his loss to Jeff Hardy for the world title uh, the previous week on Hardy's face makeup being toxic. Uh, called Frankie Kazarian Francois. And this led to Magnus making his return to TNA after being taken out by Aces and Eights in November. Uh, he was treated like a big star, which I was happy about considering that he's always been someone that I really liked and has deserved far better in TNA over the past few years, so props to them for bringing him back here. Uh, he called them disrespectful, said he could uh, that they could fight him. Kazarian and Daniels jumped him, but Magnus made a uh, comeback, clotheslined both of them from the ring. Uh, he put over TNA about how Aces and Eights took him out and challenged Devon for the first match of Open Fight Night, which I forgot to mention the show was. We had Magnus versus Devon, non-title, which was pretty, pretty whatever match, quite honestly. Magnus looked good. Devon was pretty whatever. Uh, Magnus managed to hit the Michinoku driver on Devon until Doc and Mike Knox made the ring for uh, went to the ring for DQ, but Magnus easily destroyed them. And it's just like, what's the point at this rate to not have Magnus win? Because here you are, you have him at his big return. Aces and Eights are already the biggest group of losers ever, honestly. He's treated like a gigantic star right now. I mean, or at least looks like one. So there's no point in having him not win. I mean, it, I don't get it. But, you know, it is what it is. Magnus looked good. Devon didn't. So what can you do? We saw Bully Ray talking to Sting and Brooke Hogan backstage. Uh, Ray said he hadn't heard from Hogan about being reinstated. Sting told him that Hogan said he would be in England. Uh, Brooke gave Bully her phone so she could uh, so Ray could contact Hulk again. Uh, we had Joe Park in the ring. 
Uh, he was uh, going nuts over how uh, how crazy the England crowd was. He was about to make his challenge for open fight night, uh, which he had done his research on until <coughs> Robbie E. and Rob Terry came to the ring. Robbie E. thought it was a joke that Park was even wrestling and called him a hamster like everyone else in the UK, for whatever reason. Uh, Rob Terry was not appreciative of this, so Robbie E. said everyone but Rob Terry. Uh, Robbie E. said he was basically from America anyway. Uh, he threw down Park's book, wiped his ass with it, um, and Park ended up agreeing to fight Robbie E. He had Joe Park versus Robbie E. Short match, went about three minutes. Uh, Joe Park was doing the usual stuff that you would expect from him. Uh, Robbie E. Uh, tried to make a decent comeback, but to no avail. Park managed to hit a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, pinned Robbie E. after second rope splash, and his celebration alone was fantastic, quite honestly. He acted like he had just won a uh, world championship. Well, Robbie E. argued with Terry at, like he had hit like the lowest point in his career. Not a exactly good match, but for what it was supposed to be, it worked. We saw Hulk Hogan arrive to the building. Aries and Rude were in the ring. Aries said that the two of them were the two most valuable members of the Impact roster, while the rest of the roster was out to steal money from the company. I uh, called uh, Bobby Roode the Infactor, and uh, I believe Aries said that he was the denominator of excellence. Do not quote me on that, but it was really great line, whatever it was. Uh, Aries said that they were going to take every title in the company, including the Knockouts title, which I thought was rather funny, uh, and that they were going to start with a World Tag Team title, since those were the easiest. Rude said that Chavo and Hernandez were nothing but a couple of wankers. Chavo and Hernandez came out. Uh, Chavo said they hadn't even earned a tag team victory yet, so they hadn't earned a shot. Guerrero uh, said that they should fight. Aries says if, said if he or Rude win, they get a shot at the tag titles next week. Rude uh, could be overheard saying he was going to suggest that, which was rather funny. Two of them together are fantastic, really. I mean, it's funny considering that they haven't actually had a tag match yet. Or at least since they started teaming, I suppose. But I have no doubt that when they start doing it, considering that it's no secret that Aries is great in terms of tag teams, whether it was with Roddy or Danielson back in the day, and with uh, Rude, with uh, Storm, and Eric Young even back in the day. So by the time that they actually get the opportunity to wrestle uh, for an extended period of time, they'll, they should be nothing but fantastic. And it's really good, especially when you also have Daniels Kazarian on the show too. But uh, Guerrero stepped in and Aries agreed to wrestle, even though Rude wanted to, and we got Aries and Chavo. Good match. Uh, probably Chavo's best singles outing in TNA up to this point. Uh, finish in particular was very disgusting. Um, uh, after Chavo uh, hit the frog splash, Rude ran in the ring, uh, like actually into the ring. Uh, the refs tried to stop Rude from going any further. Hernandez ran in to stop Rude, while Guerrero had Aries pinned. So Hernandez went after Rude. Aries hit Guerrero with the IED dropkick and finished him with a brain buster, which looked devastating, quite honestly. And uh, managed to pin Chavo 1-2-3 to earn a tag title shot. Crowd was very pro Aries, I thought, in this match. Uh, we're not really into Chavo. They were also really into Daniels and Kazarian and Magnus and Joe Park earlier on the show, which again goes to show how good this crowd is. But uh, enjoyable match, definitely worth checking out. We saw Brooke telling Ray that her father had showed up. Uh, Kurt Angle's in the back with Joe, Westbrook, and Garrett. 
Angle said that he couldn't believe that Mr. Anderson joined Aces and Eights, and he said all he wanted was Anderson one-on-one in the cage tonight. Joe vowed he would get that chance, then snubbed Wes and Bischoff, uh, told him to stay out of the way. Angle said that Joe was being Joe, but he needed him tonight. Briscoe and Bischoff left while Angle warmed up. We had Ray and Brooke coming out. Uh, also, uh, Taz was on commentary, but it was never explained why Ray was not looking for him at all. But it is what it is. Uh, we had Ray say that he loved Brooke and that it was his love that got him suspended. Told Hogan that they had a common enemy and he should lift Ray's suspension. Ray urged the crowd to chant for Sting, who I guess uh, would come out and plead Ray's case as well. He came out. I uh, got started a big Hogan chant. Hogan came to the ring, announced that, uh, like he always does, the right thing. Repeated this about a million times, quite honestly. Then announced uh, that he would reinstate Ray, and announced that next week Ray and Sting would face two members of Aces and Eights in a tables match. Hogan and Ray shook hands. Uh, Ray was incredibly thrilled about this. We had uh, Dixie Carter appear on the. Sc- uh, appear to say that uh, uh, Impact was going on the road. We had Velvet Sky come out and she challenged uh, Tara and Jesse Goddard. Two of them came out and the Velvet addressed saying that this was not a handicap match and she had a partner in mind which was James Storm, aka James Storm has absolutely nothing to do in TNA right now. and He's just tr- completely treading water which is unfortunate but can't really say too much more about it. Um, we had Jesse, James Storm and Velvet Sky versus Tara and Jesse. Pretty short match. Not really much to note. Be, uh, most notable thing was uh, one point Mike Tanay name drops Stacy Kubler on account of the fact that um, he was mentioning how James Storm predicted the Ravens to win the Super Bowl, which he was correct in. And he name drops Stacy Kubler as being a former Ravens cheerleader, which was completely out of the blue. And then at one point at, at one point, I can't remember the exact line that Todd Kennelly uttered in this match, but uh basically got Taz to threaten him on live TV and Taz just completely crapped all over Todd, including uh like saying how Todd has hardly been here for like a couple of weeks. But beyond that, there was pretty much nothing notable about the match really at all. Sky got the pin on Terra with the Inyo face uh, pedigree face buster dealio. And that was the end of that. <laughs> In a very funny moment, actually. Um, we had, right before they went to commercial break, uh, they advertised that they were going to give an update on Jeff Hardy's injury from the previous week. Then they came back for commercial break. Mike Denae said that Hardy's injury was to his left knee and there would be more updates next week. So we had an update for an update for an update, so to speak. Uh, we had Hogan explain that Ray earned his respect after standing up to Aces and Eights at the wedding that went awry. And that's why that H- Hogan lifted Ray's suspension. Said they were on the same side. At one point, uh, Brooke Hogan claimed that the match for next week is like giving candy to a child. We had Anderson backstage saying that Aces and Eights have made him feel more welcome than anyone ever had in TNA. Said that Angle wouldn't be leaving the same way he arrived. Uh, we had Angle find uh, found uh, Smojo backstage, laid out in the back. Uh, Wes, or uh, excuse me, Garrett came uh, up and told. Actually, no, Wes and Garrett came up. Uh, Kurt told Bischoff to go and get a doctor. 
And then we had the main event, Kurt Angle versus Mr. Anderson in a steel cage match uh, with Wes Briscoe at ringside with Angle. Obviously, for anyone that has seen their match from lockdown about three years ago, that match was excellent. My opinion, Anderson's probably best Anderson match ever, quite honestly. So, for whatever reason, even though I'm no Anderson fan, he and Angle always seem to have good chemistry together. And it showed in this match, not quite as good as their lockdown match, but it was still a good main event. If uh, you've seen one Kurt Angle main event style match, you know what you're getting here. Lots of near falls, lots of good wrestling. Uh, Anderson actually notably wrestled in his Aces and Eights gear as opposed to actual wrestling gear, which was at least unique. Um, the one issue, of course, is just that Angle managed to make Mr. Anderson tap, so Aces and Eights continue to be the biggest group of goofs in the world. Uh, but it was a good match, though, all things considered. And post-match, we had a masked Aces and Eights member climb into the ring. Uh, meanwhile, Wes Briscoe was unlocking the cage door to get in. Uh, at some point, this Anderson vanished, for whatever reason. Uh, Angle ordered Briscoe to lock the cage door, supposedly to keep any other Aces and Eights members from entering. Masked Aces and Eights member on mass, revealing Garrett Bischoff. Angle asked Briscoe if he knew anything about this. Uh, Angle charged towards Bischoff, but Briscoe turned on Angle with a chop block. Briscoe took off his suit to reveal an Aces and Eights vest, and it had actually a pretty nice touch. Um, he let his hair down to show how he looked like that Aces and Eights member that had the real poofy hair. To uh, the two beat up Kurt Angle. Uh, Garrett was trying to go for some heat, but did not really translate, in my opinion. Um, and then they didn't exactly get much of anything, quite honestly. I mean, they tried, but what I will say about this Aces and Eights angle is that <coughs> I can appreciate the fact that they have gone for a very long-term storyline with it. But the problem is it's just not very interesting. And it's a shame, too, because they have some really talented people in the group. I mean, they have uh, Luke Gallows, they got Mike Knox... People that I would really enjoy seeing, but they're just sort of grouped in this angle that's really plotting, unfortunately, and it doesn't help that they're treated like a gigantic group of losers at this rate. And, you know, it's no secret that I'm no fan of Wes Briscoe or Garrett Bischoff, but if nothing else, uh, this is at least a well-done ending. But I'm not because of the two involved, I'm not exactly excited to what it's leading towards, so... Points for execution, but can't really say that I'm too excited going forward. But uh, overall, not a bad show, uh, but not exactly a good show either. It was a good uh, starting show, I suppose, for what the UK shows are going to be. I mean, but there was still some enjoyable stuff on this show. I mean, you had the main event, which was good. You had uh, Aries and Chavo, which was pretty good. Had the opening Bad Influence promo, which was very enjoyable. So, the only, I mean, only issue with that is they just were not enough on the show at all. One complaint that I can always have is that when you don't have enough Daniels and Kazarian on uh, an impact, that's certainly something that needs to be fixed. So, hopefully in the next few weeks on the UK shows, they will manage to take care of that. But, that wraps it up for this edition of Impact. I actually have been giving thoughts to, um... With the idea that the last two uh, Impact Zone shows, or at least uh, Impact Zone TVs, because I guess there's a possibility 
that there might be a few of the one-night-only shows taped before the Impact Zone is officially potentially done. So, leading towards the uh, final TVs, or around that time period, I might do a couple columns on some of my favorite Impact Zone memories, whether it be terrible matches that I've seen in the past or fantastic matches that I've seen in the past, considering that I have a lot of history of seeing a lot of wrestling in that building. So, if I mean, that is one possibility. And in addition to that, also might be doing a couple write-ups on NXT and FIP from last week. And then also, uh, since I'm plugging a lot of stuff for the site, we will be doing our own free admission year-end awards for 2012 within the next couple weeks, uh, probably around the time of the Academy Awards. So be on the lookout for that uh, in both audio form and written form. So, and make sure to follow the Twitter for more information on other upcoming stuff. That is twitter.com at freeadmissionfr. And then make sure to follow me on Twitter at I underscore... Uh, I've screwed up. At I underscore am underscore Hollywood. And until next time, I am JP Nichols. I will talk to you all again very soon.